Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. That having been said, let's get to the... You want to go hitting or pitching first? We'll start with the hitters. All right, let's go through the hitters. We'll go one by one here. Again, we're comping what we got from what we expected and giving out letter grade report cards. So we'll bang these out based on uh, initially the most starts at each position. So Kbert Ruiz at catcher is age 24 season, 18 homers, 260 average, 717 OPS, which is you know, just a couple of decimal points below league average offensively. Uh, what do you give an old K-Bear? I'll give him a B minus because there were some times when we saw him really step up and be probably the best bat in the order. He drives his slugging percentage up from 409 or up to 409 from 360 last year. So that's a clear improvement. 18 homers compared to seven last year. So you started to see some of that growth, but there were stretches where he was still a below average hitter and I still need to see him work on his plate discipline, be selective on his pitches. You know, he's very elite at putting the bat to the ball. There's no doubt about it. He doesn't strike out a whole lot. He doesn't walk a whole lot either, but if that's going to be your MO and you're going to be very good at putting the bat on the ball, don't swing at pitches out of the zone and give away free outs in that case. And that's something that he did, you know, at points during the season. And, you know, when he was going well, when he'd have some really good stretches, it was because he was very selective at the plate. So I need to see that a little bit more. And the reason also that you have to ding him a little bit defensively, he took a big step back, step back this year, not a huge fan of him behind the plate, Maybe with some of the rule changes coming down the pike in the next couple of years, we'll see if they come down the pike. Because if they do, then it won't be as big of a deal. But as of right now, his framing is bad. He doesn't throw people out, which not many people threw anyone out this year with the rule changes. But still, it wasn't close in a lot of cases. And maybe some of that's the pitcher. But still, I just think overall as a catcher, defensively, I wasn't super impressed. But I did see some growth at the plate. So I give him a B-. minus. Yeah, so I think um, I'm going div- to differentiate for a moment between him as a bat and him as a glove as a bat slugging 409. Uh, he was top 10 among catchers. Uh, if you look at the home runs with 18 bombs, he was in the top half of the league in terms of, you know, starting catchers in baseball. Um, having said that, I'm going to give him a B minus for his offensive season. Uh, the fact that he hit 260, by the way, I'm not an average guy. I don't really care that much about that. But, like, for a catcher, that's pretty good. You know, there's a lot of catchers, you think about it, who are going to be, you know, in the 220, 230 range. So, you know, if you're you're looking at his numbers and you're comping those to, like, a first baseman or something, all right, whatever. But a 260 catcher is top five at the position. Guys that hit better than that were William Contreras, Adley Rutschman, Elias Diaz, who was an all-star, and Will Smith, who was an all-star. In fact, all four of the guys I just named, I believe, were all-stars. Uh, so he was fifth, you know, in terms of batting average, and his expected batting average was even higher than that. Um, but what I care about most is the power, the run production, 18 home runs. I think there's more there. If he hits four more home runs next year, you know, 22 home runs would have ranked him somewhere like uh, top 10 easily and close to the top five, I think, in, in home runs by a catcher. So 
he's knocking on the door. Uh, as a defensive player, I think it was an F season, to be completely honest with you. I mean, it, it just the the analytic numbers that I am have am privy to, his framing second percentile, his pop time fourth percentile, his caught stealing above average first percentile, his blocks above average sixth percentile. Like, it was awful in that regard. So, you know, 81st percentile XBA, that's overall, that's not just for catchers. Uh, 93rd percentile sweet spot percentage. 97th whiff percentage doesn't swing and miss. 99th K percentage, literally one of the hardest hitters in baseball to strike out. So uh, I, I like a lot of things about him at the plate. Um, I'm going to give him, if I'm giving him, you know, a, a B as a hitter and an F uh, as a defensive player, I guess a C overall, but I, I'm spinning two plates here. Like I, I care more about the bat than the glove, you know, just because I needed him to step forward and hit more power. Now I can kind of focus in on the glove moving forward. And like you said, I'm hoping that some of those things don't matter as much as they uh, go to the electronic strike zone and whatnot. Uh, Dominic Smith at first base, what do we think? Yeah, I mean, he's one that if you want to divvy him up, you can say that defensively you give him a B. Like, I think that he helped out the young guys, and I think he's part of the reason that we saw C.J. Abrams be able to have that turnaround because just think about what would happen if C.J. at the beginning of the year would have had five or six more errors on top of what he already had that might have just gotten his head and kind of demoralized him. And maybe we don't see that breakout. Maybe we don't see him start kind of turning things around because he's maybe in his head a little bit. So I think he deserves some credit for there. And at times, offensively, he would show up, you know, decent average, 254, not much slug like you like you pointed out. Like some people thought he was going to come here and hit 30 home runs. That's never who Dominic Smith was. But at the plate, I mean, he's nothing special. He's like a C minus in that case. So I think overall, I'll give him a C. I think he kind of is what you expected. You brought in a defensive first baseman that occasionally hits for power, but not really that often. Generally, he's just going to be an on-base percentage guy, 326 on base, not a high slug, only 366 there. So I think you kind of got what you expected. So I think you give him a C. Yeah, I think a lot of Nats fans would give him a lower grade than that. You know, he seems on Nat's Twitter to be a punching bag, D or F or something. And to that, I would say, I, I you guys were expecting something that they didn't bring in. You know, in other words, like you, you can't buy popcorn and be mad when you bite it and it tastes like popcorn. Dominic Smith is a first baseman who doesn't really hit for power. That's what he's always been. And I kept hearing the argument over and over again. Well, where is his power? Why isn't he hitting home runs? Like, who did you think you signed? He, he hit 11 home runs for the Mets two years ago in 150 games. He hit 12 this year. He hit, you know, basically here are his numbers, home runs by season and take last year out of it because he didn't play much. Although he didn't homer in 58 games and in 130 at bats, by the way. But the last four years he's played, you know, at least the, the bulk of the season, 11, 10, 11, and 12 homers. The one year he hit home runs was the pandemic year 2020. Uh, he had like 10 homers in, in 50 games that year and about 175 at bats. But otherwise, you know, he, he just has not hit for a lot of power. Now, was the power, if you look at home runs per at bat, down some this year? Yeah, a little bit. But he's always been a guy that doesn't hit for power. So I, I don't really get why people expected him to hit home runs. He's never walked, really. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just I was always confounded by like what people thought they were getting. Um, having said that, defensively, he was awesome. I'd give him an A defensively. He's, uh, you know, he, as you said, he saves a lot of errors. He did a lot of good things. He had some spectacular moments. Overall, I guess I would give him a C minus for the season, maybe. Um, 
you know, based on my expectations only. Like if you're telling me first division championship level team, obviously the grade would be worse than that. First baseman who doesn't help you a whole lot on offense. Uh, but that, that, these, this was my expectation. Like, hey, maybe he'll hit 15 home runs. In the meantime, he's going to play good defense and be a veteran in the clubhouse. I think that's kind of what you got. All right, keeping it moving here, uh, going through the Nats bats. Uh, we'll pick up the pace some. Luis Garcia, second base. Yeah, this one's a tough one for me because I think if you just went off the results and didn't go into the context of things that happened during the season, I think the results were fine. A 266 average, you'd like to see a higher on base, but 385 slug, just under 700 OPS. You saw some good things, you know, a six hit game against the Royals. Like you saw some good spots. But I'm going to have to give him like a D or a D plus. And the reason being, you cannot get sent down and the manager come out and say, yeah, or was it Mike Rizzo come out and say, yeah, we needed him to lose some weight. Like that's not something that's good. So I'm going to have to give him a D, D plus just because of the fact that basically you're questioning this guy's work ethic at this point when he's been in the majors for a couple of years. And I just cannot have that because, yeah, the results have been okay on the field, but they haven't been anything spectacular that you can say, well, he's a star that's just taking a break. Like you need to be grinding every single day or someone's going to come take your job. And because of that, I'm going to give him a harsh grade. Give me a, I'll go with a D. So I'm going with an F for Luis Garcia. And you kind of stole my idea right out from under me. It's so simple. It has nothing to do with his production or how he played when we saw him. He has been in the major leagues now for parts of the last four years. I know he's only 23. You got sent to the minors and Mike Rizzo on the radio said that you weren't in shape and that they needed you to learn how to be a pro. They, and I'm summing up what he said, but you needed to learn how to go through the, the pregame regiment again. You needed to learn how to study the, the film, basically preparing for games like no, those are controllables, man. Those are things that you control. It's really hard to hit 98. It's really hard to succeed at the major league level. You can't barrel a reliever left on left in the eighth inning. I can be frustrated in game, but I get how difficult that is. You know, it's, it's hard in this sport. So if you want to go out and hit 265 with a, a 690 OPS, 30 points below league average, like we, we can figure out what a grade should be for a 23-year-old who's doing some of those things. The, the, the easy part is showing up early, watching and studying the film, having a plan, taking coaching, uh, not being at a point where they feel like you can't move as well as you need to because you're gaining weight as the season goes on. Like, this is day one entry-level stuff. So really, really discouraging in that regard. And you got to feel like next year for him is now a last-chance kind of season. He'll, he'll luck out, I think, because there's no one waiting in the wings to take his gig right away. And it's not like they have a second base prospect that's going to be competing in the spring to, to take his gig. So with a good spring, if he comes out and he's in shape and he works his butt off and gets off to a fast start, you know, he's he'll only be 20 in his age 24 season. He could still be in a good spot, but it's kind of a, a put up or shut up year for him next year. Um, and, and that isn't even to speak to how he played, where I don't think he really made huge strides. He obviously didn't hit for as much power, but I will say defensively, he, he got a lot better. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, all right, on to let's go shortstop, C.J. Abrams. This one's a tough one to grade, Grant, because with C.J., he was so up and down. So I'm just going to read you his OPS numbers by month. March and April, 678. May, 707. June, 585. July, 891. August, 627. 
September, October, 753. It's literally like a roller coaster, up and down and up and down every other month. So we saw some real growth towards the end of the season. Really, once he got put in that leadoff spot, we started to see him obviously steal bags. Credit to him. Sets the Nationals record for most stolen bases in the season. I think that counts for something. But I don't know if I can give him an A. I think some people would get a little ahead of themselves and say, oh, it's an A. But they kind of forget some of the down spots. And I think people also forget he didn't get put in the leadoff spot, Grant, until the final series before the All-Star break. So it's not as if this has been an extended sample size. There was really the whole first half of the season that we were still questioning, like, is this guy going to be the shortstop of the future? Is this a guy that can be the leadoff hitter of the future? And then the second half of the season started to show you that he probably can be that. So I'm going to give him a B because I think you've seen enough bright spots defensively. He shows you a lot of spectacular pay plays throughout the season, but you also see some errors that you'd like to see cleaned up. You saw an increase in power, which is nice. And I think you saw some flashes at the plate of a guy that could really be a superstar leadoff hitter. But we also saw a lot of inconsistent stretches. If he works on that consistency and builds off of it, I think that he can be a very good player. But I'm going to give him a B because I think the stretches that he's really good were awesome to see, but there are also too many down stretches to give him an A. I'm going to go B plus again, based on my expectations. Um, I was worried about his power coming into this year. I did not think he would have this much power. And not only am I talking about the home run count for him where he hit 18 and he doubled, you know, another 30 times. I think it was, but when he hits home runs, he hits them into the second deck. You know, he hits 400 and 430 feet home runs all the time. And uh, it's he just has more power in that lanky frame than I thought he did. I thought I was kind of concerned, like slap a 2080 grade on him based on what I'd seen as a certainly as a big leaguer and to some extent in the minor leagues. I would have like said, ah, maybe it's 45 power, you know, 40 power, something like that. I mean, he legitimately has pop. That makes me feel so much better. Uh, I was never worried about his defense, but I think it came on really well as the year went on. He was he made tremendous plays. He started making more of the routine plays. You compare April C.J. Abrams or April May Abrams to like the last two months. I think it's it's night and day. So I, I give him full marks there. He broke the franchise record for for steals. Now I know that there was a rule change that made it easier to steal, but I had no thought that he was going to steal fifty bases this year. They ended up with forty seven, and that was basically after like redshirting a couple months as a base stealer, where he just didn't do it. So uh, all that said, I'm giving him a, a solid B. Um, B plus maybe, but, uh, there's still more in the tank here, right? I mean, he only hit 245. He only, maybe more importantly, he only got on base at a 300 clip. Luis Garcia got on base at a, a little better clip than he did. Alex Cole got on base a little bit more often than him. Cole led the team in walks, obviously. Um, but like there, there's just got Ildemaro Vargas had a slightly better on base percentage than CJ Abrams. Like he doesn't walk at all. So, if you're going to hit, I'm just going to say 260 next year, you know, you, you need to draw more walks. You need to find a way to get on so that on base, especially if you're a leadoff hitter, like I don't see him as a long-term leadoff hitter because I don't think he'll be on base enough. I kind of like him more actually as like a, you know, a two hitter maybe with some power and speed and stuff. Um, having said that, you know, the OPS 712, uh, a little bit below league average, like he's only 20. This was his age 22 season. He just turned 23. And, and that's why I'm not overly discouraged. Like, I viewed this as what would have been the year where he spent a month in the big leagues and spent a lot of the year in double and triple A. That was, in my mind, like what this year was for him. So uh, I'm going to give him a B or so. 
I felt good about him coming on. Candelario ended up starting the majority of the games at third. Um, obviously, we don't need to discuss him. We could jump to, if you want, like Jake Alou or Ildemaro Vargas. I mean, let's just go rapid fire with a few of the guys that played third. So let's go Jake Alou first. Yeah, Jake Alou is interesting. I feel like he showed you he's a nice utility guy, so... I don't know that you can give him high marks, but I, I'll give him a C. He can play around the infield. He can play a little bit in the outfield, even though I don't necessarily like when he plays in the outfield. He can. So I'll give him a C. He wasn't anything spectacular, but he gives you utility guys, and you need those sorts of dudes in your organization. Yeah, I'll go here, Laura. I'll say C-. minus. Um, I thought he would have hit a little bit more um, getting into the big leagues than get a 570 OPS. It was good to see him get his feet wet and have his first opportunity. I, I just thought he would know, be a little bit more um, of, of a tougher out at the plate than he was. Uh, Carter Keyboom played in 27 games at about 85 at bats. He ended up hitting 207 with a 630 OPS. Obviously had a couple homers in his first few games and then cooled way off after that. Uh, the fact that he played was good, but I would give him the pro- same thing, you know, below average, maybe like a C minus, something like that. Uh, just because it's another year where you're right above 200. You're well below league average production OPS. Uh, cool moment with the home run, but th- there weren't highlights after that, really. Yeah, I think it's a C minus. I mean, this is a guy that was still supposed to be one of your top prospects at some point. I think that ship is sailed now. All right, on to the outfield, Lane Thomas. I think you got to give Lane Thomas an A. Now, yes, he's kind of struggled down the stretch, but I mean, this is a guy that hasn't had really. Uh, he's had one full year, I guess, to be. Uh, an everyday player, but this year it seemed like he cemented himself. And this is a guy that was talked about being maybe even the more coveted of the guys at the trade deadline over Candelario. And we just talked about the year that Candelario was having. And if we had to give him a grade, I think both of us would have given Candelario for that first half an A. So Lane Thomas, I think was spectacular. He showed you that arm in right field and really cemented himself as a guy that can be a part of, of this team for at least the near future, whether it's a fourth outfielder, if some of these guys come up and take the jobs away, or he can be your everyday right fielder. And that's not necessarily a knock. Like when we came into the season, we thought he was a fourth outfielder at best. Now we think he can be an everyday right fielder and that's fine. So I think that's got to be an A season. It tied for the major league lead in outfield assists. If you look at the savant metrics on his arm value, 97th percentile arm strength, 96 percentile. I think he averaged like 93 plus miles an hour on throws from the outfield sprint speed. He's fast. 93, uh, 94th percentile. You know, he's got a higher percentile grade in speed than CJ Abrams, by the way, which is pretty fascinating. Um, I, I don't really know how that works, but I'll take their word for it. Um, <laughs> pool hitter, you know, for his power, certainly. I think he ended up with just three opposite field home runs as he hit 28 bombs this year. And if you look at his spray chart, I mean, it's, it's essentially Deadpool. He killed lefties. He's going to have to improve a little bit against righties if he's going to be an impact major league everyday player, like year in and year out, I think. Uh, but I'm with you. It's an A grade for him. How could it not be? Back-to-back years, organizational player of the year, essentially didn't homer at all for like five weeks or was certainly a month to begin the season. And then he almost hits 30. He's the first guy to go 2020 for the team since uh, I think it was uh, maybe Bryce did it. And he's the first guy to have 25 homers and 20 steals since Ian Desmond did it. So uh, pretty cool for Lane Thomas to have the season. He just had breathing a little easier. I'm sure going into the off season about, about his future. Um, how about we go Joey Manessis at DH? 
it's such a tough grade here, Grant, because you look at just the numbers, 275 average, 321 on base. He led the team in RBIs with 89. But the number one thing that sticks out on a team that didn't have a lot of power this year, only 13 homers. Last year in 222 at-bats, 13 homers. This year in 611 at-bats, 13 homers. So maybe he just can't get that 14th homer in a year. Maybe that's just not allowed for him. But it's just something that... Kind of shocking, too, honestly, because in AAA, I know it's the minor leagues, but it's a AAA, AA, like he was an upper 20s home run guy for a a bunch of years. So that that was... the, The lack of power was stunning. Yeah, and that's why it's tough because he was still one of the better hitters in terms of run production so you can't knock him too much because if you had to choose someone at, to come up to the plate with a runner in scoring position and they got to bring him home you'd probably choose Joey Manessis as either your first or second choice so you got to give him some credit for that but at the same point this was a team that was absent of power outside of really Lane Thomas who we just talked about gave him an A grade because we weren't expecting 28 bombs from him you would have expected 13 bombs from Lane Thomas would have been a good year. 28 bombs from Joey Manessis would have been what you expected. And it's flipped. So I'm going to have to give him like a C minus because he was supposed to be the power in the lineup and he just wasn't that. Now, maybe it's just something where he got on a hot streak at the end of last season and that's not really who he was. But even in the World Baseball Classic, he was taking dudes deep. So hopefully it's just a down year in terms of power and he returns to that power stroke next season, but I have to grade him a little harsher because he was supposed to be the power in this lineup. So I'll go with C minus. Here's why I'm having a hard time with my grade. I did think he'd hit more home runs than he did, but I would have said he hits under, like if you said over unders at 275 for his average, I would have gone under um, 722 for his OPS. I would have gone under two. Uh, I guess I just wasn't as sold on, Cinderella story continuing, right? I kind of thought the clock was going to strike midnight. And I remember in the WBC when he was hitting the big home runs thinking, well, damn, maybe he (laughs) is really good. But like, I just kind of thought he was going to get exposed. Like as he stayed in the big leagues all year and hit probably 240, you know, with like, I don't know, 55 RBI. And I thought maybe he'd hit like 15 to 17 home runs or something. But again, this is based on our expectations and mine were fairly low for him, honestly. So he surpassed them. I thought, this was a pretty cool continuation of this story. There's no doubt they expected him to hit more home runs than he did, and they banked on him hitting for more power than he did. And for that reason, I understand your grade, but I'd go B because I, I just I thought he was going to be a guy, a jag. I, I just I'm pretty impressed that I mean the guy drove in almost 90 runs. He was one of the better hitters in the league at times with runners in scoring position. I'll say the one thing, too, that you can knock him for last season. He didn't play a single game at designated hitter this year. He almost exclusively played there. And when he did play in the field, he showed that <laughs> he should probably oh, stick God. to DH. Yeah. So he is no business. playing. In the field. <laughs> you have lost a little bit of that. So I'll ding him for that as well a little bit. But I, I mean, I think you're right on. I think this is a guy that maybe we had too high of expectations for. But I think overall, he had a really good year aside from the power. But that's what he was supposed to bring to the lineup, in my opinion. Uh, some of the other bats just kind of rapid fire here. I would give an A to Riley Adams, who hit 275 with an 805 OPS. Ended up getting hurt. Obviously, didn't play a lot. Mostly got opportunities, you know, often against lefties and, and raked. Uh, I, I love what he did. I would give an A to Jacob Young. Uh, everyone can laugh now about my man crush, but <laughs> I mean, the guy got to the major leagues in a year that started in Wilmington. I did not have that in the office pool, and he handled his business okay. I mean, it was a small sample, so 
you have one cold stretch, you know, your numbers fall off. He ended up hitting about 250 with a 660 ops, but the guy stole 13 bags on 13 tries. He, he played in about 30 games and, you know, he, he drove in 12 runs and, and hit, uh, stole 13 bases and had a game winning hit. Like I, I liked what I saw from him. Um, I don't know if there's anything else notable that I would point out. Like it was cool that Millis got to the majors you have a bunch of guys that came and went like Jeter Downs and Blake Rutherford and Travis Blankenhorn and Derek Hill. Um, I mean, Victor Robles, it was, you know, it was all going really well. I actually would have given him a pretty solid grade. He was hitting about 300, remember, with a 750 OPS, and then we we never saw him again. Um, I, Corey I Dickerson think, would be a really low grade, but anybody else we need to talk about? Yeah, I think the one guy, and we forget about him because he got hurt, but Stone Garrett deserves to be talked about. I mean, Good Jamer point. Candelario in 99 games had an 823 OPS, and we talk about him as if he was like the greatest third baseman ever because he was that good compared to everyone else. Stone Garrett finished the year with an 801 OPS, and he was starting to get everyday at-bats against righties and lefties. All season long, he raked against lefties. He finally started to get at-bats against righties, and he hit well, and he looked like he might emerge as someone that could stick around. So it's a shame that he got hurt, but I think he deserves recognition because I think when we saw that Stone Garrett was going to get basically platoon time with Corey Dickerson in left field, we said, okay, that's two dudes that are not going to be part of the future of this baseball club. And yet it looks like Stone Garrett, when he comes back from injury, assuming he can get back to some sort of level of play that he was playing with at the time of the injury, it looks like he could be a guy that could stick around for a while as well. So I think you got to give him some credit. I don't know that we need to give him a letter grade because he only ended up playing 89 games, but I think he played really well and deserves some recognition. Yeah, he was rolling at the time of that injury, unfortunately for him. You know, all kind of came crashing down. Uh, but you mentioned the splits, right? I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, against right-handed pitching, he was handling his business. He had a, a 280 average and a 760 OPS. His ops against lefties was 840, and he was slugging over 500. Um, no, no wonder this team did so well against lefties for much of this year. I mean, they got some dudes that just demolish left-handed pitching. But uh, fingers crossed his recovery is going well. Uh, obviously a great dude. Everybody uh, remembers how emotional it was when he got hurt.